Maxrospectus Audio. Big old transfer portal news again. Big one. This is actually bigger than the last one. Jarrett Dagey, the quarterback from Bowling Green, the two-year starter. A guy who came into the program during the jinx years, won offer, and won the starting job just his first year on campus. Jarrett Dagey, brother of Seth Dagey, who was the uh, the next quarterback at Texas Tech after the Graham Harrell years. Um, who was freaking awesome to watch from 2009 to 2012. Uh, the younger brother of him, Jared Dagey. His name is now in the transfer portal after being a two-year starter at Bowling Green, uh, giving the new coaching, you know, the new coaching staff a try, giving them a full spring. It is now, well, it was announced on May 8th, Wednesday, and he is in the transfer portal and 24-7 sports. Uh, you know, they have the big list of guys who have, their names in the transfer portal by their reports. But Jared Dagey's name is in there. He is not at Bowling Green anymore. I remember it being uh, pretty pretty cheery on the internet when Jordan Strack had the tweet saying that he talked to Dagey and confirmed that he is not going to transfer, even through the, uh, the change of coaches. Now, months later, he is leaving. Dagey was a pretty good player he didn't light the world on fire but he had a lot of potential obviously when you come in and win the job as a true freshman with the direction that jinx was trying to take this thing and in the on the upward trajectory that he was hoping for Uh, he was part of the big youth movement how they had just plug in a bunch of bunch of freshmen on on the offensive skilled parts a little bit on defense too daigie was talented his first year he was nearly a 64% passer for 1,300 yards, 7.3 yards per attempt, 12 touchdowns, 3 picks. That's a really good way to you know to get things going, played 7 games. Uh, sophomore year, full year starter, was a 62% passer, and he had 200 more throws than he did the year before. So bigger sample size. His averages went down a little bit. Uh, his yards weren't all there, but neither was the receiving help. If you remember... I talked about it in Tuesday Night Lights this time last year. They had, from during last offseason, they had to replace 40 guys. 40 guys, because some guys got, uh, obviously graduated, transferred, kicked off the team for whatever reason. You know, it was, it was bad. And, you know, obviously we all knew it was going to be a bad year for Bowling Green, but it was way... It was, it was just a really, really bad year. Not just a bad season. You know, a bad 2018 didn't start in September. A bad 2018 started, you know, 2017, basically. But Jared Dagey stuck it through. He was impressive. He uh, proved that he deserved playing time at the Division One level. Gave this, he gave the spring a try with the new coach. And now he's out of here. And obviously... I need to say, stop saying the word obviously, which is the most obvious part of this podcast. Um, obviously, people are going to look at maybe he's going to go to USC. His old head coach, Mike Jinx, is the running backs coach there. His older brother, Seth, now 30. He's uh, he's working quality control. And Graham Harrell, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach for, for the Trojans. Makes sense. I, th- I almost think that that's going to happen too you know when we put it that way there's enough connections there usc could use some help 
And if Jarrett Dagey gets a uh, gets a waiver by the NCAA, which at this point I don't even know if I should joke about it to say like, of course I'll get one because we saw this summer just weeks ago kids being denied transfer waivers because uh, the the year that they burned of eligibility was spent with their mom in the hospital for. Uh, I think one had like a tumor or whatever. You go look it up. It was sad stuff. So like I don't I have no idea if I should trust the uh the waiver system at with the NCAA. But you know what? He's a quarterback, so maybe. And it's USC, so maybe. Depending if he goes to USC. Or maybe, here's a thought, maybe because all the success that Seth and Graham Harrell had at Texas Tech happened under Mike Leach. I think Gardner Mishnew is uh, is in the NFL now, isn't he? I'm just speculating, obviously. But that'd be cool, wouldn't it? That'd be pretty fun to see. Uh, I would stay up late to watch Jarrett Dagey. Yeah, I would do that. But anyways, that means that Bowling Green is without its starting quarterback. It's a very promising quarterback. They still have some pretty good pieces on its roster, but not... I mean, none of them are named Jarrett Dagey. That's the thing. None of them are proven. None of them have been able to show that they can play grant moy's got some playing time last year but he just did it just to run the ball a little bit and kill some clock and change the pace a little bit on offense bryce veasley is a very very hyped up quarterback he was a big part of the 2018 signing class was a three-star kid out of west bloomfield michigan um and i think i don't know if he was on the winning end or the losing end i just remember that his high his senior year high school state championship game had a 3-2 to two final. Look it up. Then there's also this Grant Strock character who I know nothing about other than the fact that he's a redshirt freshman, weighs 223 pounds, and is from Napoleon, Ohio. Other than, I, I don't know nothing about him. I don't know if he's good or what he's good at. I know that in the spring, I think it was post-spring, pre-spring, during spring, the two deep that Bowling Green put out uh, sometime probably in the month of April, I'm just going to guess, that uh, that they did. The two deep, it had Jarrett Dagey as the starter, Grant Loy as the backup. And I thought it would have been Bryce Veasley considering the how much I liked him, how much I liked watching his huddle tape, how much I liked his, his potential and his, uh, his bio. I thought he could make a modern offense work. But I don't know if the Bowling Green offense is going to give a lot of these quarterbacks that were hoping to go to the Mac where offenses are more popularized to be more modern, I guess, in one way or another, depending on which school you go to. Maybe not the pro-style fit that that um, that Loeffler's going for. But obviously most of these guys came on to the team with the, the Mike Jinks playbook in front of them wanting to play fast and uh, spread the ball out, be more up-tempo, this, that, and the other, not slow it down, not dribble out the clock, not just be three yards in a cloud of dust team. And maybe that's not what we're going to see out of Lawfler, but that's the perspective that we're putting these two styles of play into. Um, so maybe they don't have the answer on their team yet. I think that now with with Dakey gone, they're looking for experience at that position. Or at least someone with, maybe not game experience, but just 
practice experience or just being not 19 or 20 years old, you know, that kind of experience, just being 22 and maybe being a grad student and maybe just not being so picky choosy over what kind of offense you can uh, play in because time's running out and you don't have many choices to uh, to pick from, you know, maybe Loeffler is going to look for a quarterback through the transfer portal. And I don't have any names off the top of my head, but I mean, we already saw NIU who has a returning quarterback, uh, Mac championship winning quarterback. Not that Marcus Childers is better than Daigie or anything like that, because I do not think that at all. But, um, but Childers did have some experience and NIU went to the transfer portal with Ross Bowers. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe Loeffler doesn't want to go that route. I don't know how his how his teams have gone about recruiting. And I know things have definitely changed over the years, but I don't know if Loeffler likes staying on this straight and narrow and only likes recruiting prep kids. I don't know if how much junior college or graduate transfers kind of fit into that equation. So it's, I'm just kind of like throwing options of he should go after a quarterback that's transferring and not just a prep kid, not just a class of 2019 or 2018 that he already has on his roster. Uh, I don't know how much of sticking to the straight and narrow he wants to subscribe to and he wants his program to subscribe to, but it would make sense to get a transfer, right? Because it's, I mean, it's normal at this point. What do you got to prove by not doing that? Diggy's certainly not the first one to transfer from Bowling Green, though. Uh, some other names that have already left, uh, I've t- we've talked about some of these before. Kyle Jr., who is now at Oklahoma State. Um, there's Josh Croslin, another, another defensive lineman at Bowling Green. He's in the portal right now. Uh, we already met, well, I mean, we've been talking about Diggy all episode. Ravion Hargrove, a five foot five running back. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what state he's from. I don't remember what state he's from. Um, I just remember he had a weird 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 like I don't know he committed to Bowling Green pretty early in his recruiting process uh not this past signing period but the signing period before he committed to Bowling Green kind of early I think he was like their sixth commit and then he decommitted and then he went through like national signing day without signing anywhere and then he was a light late signee in February to go to Bowling Green. And it was weird, just, I, I don't know if he thought he was going to get more offers, or I don't know what, I don't know what happened there, but it was just weird to see someone recommit that way. Antoine Johnson, a linebacker from Bowling Green, he was a three-star guy, one of the top, like, 2017 signees as well. Uh, so these are all, like, younger dudes with years of eligibility left that Bowling Green's losing, and that's not a good way to uh to clean house and i'm not saying that daggy's doing that i mean not daggy but uh Loeffler's doing that certainly not a central situation but we'll talk about that on another episode but usually when a new coach comes in and he quote unquote cleans house and you know just kind of looks at who's here to help us long term obviously you just turn to the freshmen and the sophomores and the underclassmen of the of the uh, of the program, and say we're expecting the most out of you, and then turn to the juniors and seniors. We need you guys to bust your ass for these last, you know, this last season, this last two seasons for you, and 
you know, give these guys something to look up to. Uh, you guys need to set the example here. But it's ultimately the freshmen and sophomores that are going to win the bulk of the games for my tenure, my being the coach, me being the coach. So it's weird to see that these guys, these freshmen and these sophomore eligible players are leaving not all of the seniors to be and the juniors to be. I don't know. Just an observation. I'm not reading too much into that. Just a thing I saw. But yeah, I think that will do it. Just a short episode today. Needed to talk about Jared Dagey just because it was just his, just him alone. Uh, he's important enough to talk to because of the returning quarterbacks. He was definitely one of the better ones up there. Uh, obviously, Nathan Rourke is probably the best overall quarterback, best pl- maybe a best offensive player in the MAC, returning this year and is expected to have an awesome season. Jarrett Dagey, promising guy. If, you know, we were just kind of waiting on his development for him to be an elite passer, you know. And hopefully, we were hoping that that could have happened uh, in Bowling Green, but that's not going to happen anymore. Uh, Toledo's got some returning quarterbacks, but they're not the same as returning Philip Ely or um, Logan Woodside. I don't know, just not not the same with Eli Peters and Mitch Guadagni. Eastern Michigan has Mike Glass coming back, but he's he didn't play a whole season, wasn't the, the starter in game one. Uh, but he finished really strong, and he's impressive, but... Uh, he's not gonna. He didn't get the attention that Daigie had, and rightfully so. And there's also Woody Barrett and Cato Nelson from Kent State and Akron, uh, some dual threat quarterbacks. I kind of like Woody Barrett more, uh, but that's not a secret at this point. You know, just looking around the MAC, there aren't too many returning quarterbacks that you know would threaten to be better than Daigie, other than other than Rourke. And so for Bowling Green fans that were looking forward to seeing what the rest of the day years had had in store for him through a coaching change with the hopes that he becomes an NFL draftee just like he saw his receiver Scott Miller do. Uh, by the way, Scott Miller's receivers coach for the last two years. Seth Daigie. Yeah, it would have been cool to see Jarrett uh, grow up to be awesome in a Bowling Green uniform and graduate and be an NFL draftee like his, uh, like his receiver. But, you know, this is probably what's best for him. And, you know, I wish him all the best. And I'm sorry for Bowling Green fans that have another year of uncertainty to look forward to. But until then, you can just keep listening to this podcast. And you can do that by subscribing to the show. You're a smart person. You know how to do that. Uh, You can rate, review me, tell your friends about me, uh, tweet about me, whatever. And if you're going to tweet at me, you better do it right at Max Respectus at AR Alvarado 13. I'm Alex Alvarado, and thank you for listening.